Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the program. This is a Growing Up Sucks, where we try to help young adults solve their their problems, or at least talk out some of the things that are going they're going through. So I know a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, but first, as always, let's start with who you are, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. All right. Um, I'm Michelle. Uh, I'm a college student. I'm a junior now, about to be a senior. Um, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. Not too much going on here. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Okay. Well, are you willing to share how old you are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I'm 21. I just turned 21. Ah, congratulations. Okay. So that gives us kind of a benchmark of, of what you've been through. So uh, why don't you start? What did you want to talk about today? Um, I want to talk about communication, specifically um, being assertive, because um, I know a lot of people struggle with being too passive or too aggressive when having difficult conversations. Yes, yes. So, um, so you're 21. You probably have had lots of conversations in the past. So where, where did you start? What was the issue when you were younger with conversations and communication? Well, um, I found that my communication has definitely evolved over the years. When I was younger, like a teenager, um, I was definitely more passive when it came to conversations. And um, if I had an issue with somebody, I kind of just ignored it. And I was just like, I don't want to have the conflict, so I'm just going to let it go. (laughs) Um, So I absolutely let people walk all over me professionally and in my social life. So um, it was definitely difficult for me. I've, I've struggled with social anxiety, so I always care what people think of me. So I tend to not be very confrontational because I'm just always so scared of how the other person's going to react. So, um, you know, it, when I was younger, it was very difficult for me to say what I wanted and say, you know, I'm not okay with this. I'm okay with this. Um, I often said, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Everything was always like that, no matter what it was. I never had an opinion. Mm. Oh, but, but deep inside, you did have an opinion. Is oh, right? absolutely. <laughs> everyone does. I feel like everyone has an opinion, no matter what. It's just some people are more comfortable sharing it. Yes, right. And so is there a particular instance you can think of of where a conversation went really terrible because you were being passive? Um, I can't think of a specific instance, but I've definitely had a lot of work issues because I let people walk all over me. I definitely, um, I definitely was always coming into work on my days off and I started to notice my, my employers weren't even asking me. They were just like, Hey, come in on this day. And I'd just be like, Oh, okay, that's fine. And it got worse and worse over time because I wasn't setting boundaries. So they were just you know, taking advantage of me. Right. And getting extra hours out of you and things like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I presume they were older than you, the people you're referring to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's another issue I have is being being a young girl. I feel like it's hard for me to assert my dominance and, you know, mm-hmm. express that certain things aren't okay. Right, right. 
Well, I'm glad you're using the word assertive because that's that's the topic. That's the that's the title that I like to work with when I teach leadership or communications. I always distinguish between three kinds of communication behavior, passive, aggressive, and assertive, which is in the middle. And assertive is, is really the correct one. What we're striving for in assertive behavior is being able to express your feelings, your needs, your opinions, and your wants. All four of those. And, and some people don't um, acknowledge that they actually have all four of these, their rights, opinions, feelings and needs. And every single one of those is appropriate to share with people at some point. So um, I'm going to give you a brief quiz today, if you don't mind. So no, that sounds great. <laughs> so you said you were passive when you're younger, but now you feel more assertive and we'll put that to the test. But uh, before I do that, so tell me about the evolution. So where are you now? How did you get to this place? Um, well, I noticed as the years went on, I started to uh, get a bit more aggressive because I started to feel so much resentment for not getting my way ever. <laughs> but nobody saw it. It was my own. I wasn't communicating it. So I definitely got a lot more aggressive. I went a little bit too far to the other end and I got, you know, too aggressive and not assertive. And so um, I definitely, I definitely think that uh, I started to get a little bit more snappy at people. I started to yell a little bit more. I started to, you know, be very critical of other people. And um, as of recently, I started to try and be more assertive and to take a more respectful approach to talking to other people and expressing what I want. I think that the most important thing for me is to be confident in what I want to express, but be respectful about how I communicate it. I like that word respectful. I like that. I think that's a great attitude or, or framing of how to have these tough conversations. You know, when I teach it, I, I'll usually just use the, the topic of, of rights and needs. So a passive person doesn't assert their rights and their needs they let the other person assert all of that. Aggressive person asserts their rights and needs, but doesn't let the other person do it. They don't, they don't make space for the other person to also express their rights, their needs, their feelings, their opinions. And the assertive person does both. So the assertive person says, I'm gonna get out on the table all of the things I need to say, but I'm also gonna make space for you to get everything you need to say out on the table. And I'm not gonna take great offense I'm not going to suddenly get snappy. You know, I'm not going to walk away from this conversation because it's stressful. And these are stressful conversations, right? I'm going to wait it out and you're going to get everything you need to say out on the table. And once everything is out on the table, then we can solve this. And that's, that's really the goal of assertive communication is just get everything out on the table. Uh, one of my favorite books called Crucial Conversations uses the concept of a, filling a pool of shared meaning. The shared meaning is this, everything we all say and get out here, and we all know now what we're talking about, every aspect of what we're talking about. So everybody's got to do that. And you have to get the other person to do that too, if they, particularly if they're being passive. So assertive people get passive people to talk, right? Yeah, but if assertive people also don't let aggressive people dominate the conversation and, and not let <laughs> them to get out. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that 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 respectful thing, but you also said in the beginning something about um, you weren't confident. 
Mm-hmm. So are you more confident today? Is that helping you speak better? Can yeah, you- yeah, definitely. I've gotten a little bit more confident. I wouldn't say I'm very confident at all. But um, like I said, I, I struggle with anxiety, which I think really lowers your self-esteem and makes it hard for you to um, communicate what you want and to value what you want. So I think that confidence is very important because you have to understand that what you're saying and what you want to say is important too, not other people's opinions. I mean, other people's opinions matter too, but yours matters as well. And you have to remember that, especially for passive people, because I know I was a passive person and that's how I thought. Yeah, no, everything you say, I agree with. And, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't consider myself a very passive person, a more direct, but I also know that I come to the table with a lot of confidence. And so it's very rare that I feel like I'm insecure around another person or that I need to, but I, I recognize that a lot of people have that feeling that they're like, I don't, I don't want to assert myself right now. So uh, I, in my classes, I give this brief quiz, and I just want to have you go through it and see what we, what we find out about it. So this is supposed to be a, a quiz of are you actually being assertive? Number one, can you express negative feelings about other people and their behaviors without using abusive language? Yeah, I believe I can. <laughs> All right. So you could give critical feedback to people. You could say, I don't like that. This is something you did I don't like. You can say that. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been doing that a lot more as I've gotten older and, you know, been able to be like, all right, I don't like that and say it in a very respectful way and say, listen, this is what you did that I don't like. Good, good. All right. Number two, are you able to exercise and express your strengths? Not so much on that one. (laughs) I think it's the confidence thing. I'm just not as confident in in my own strengths. Okay, so that's something we're going to work on. Okay, that's mm-hmm. something that we're going to think about is uh, you have strengths, you want to communicate those to people, and it, it's good for them to know your strengths. It allows them to stay strategized about where you fit best in the team or something like that, or call on you when they need that particular help, right? Okay, number three, can you easily recognize and compliment other people's achievements? Absolutely. All right. So you, you're kind of the person who likes to compliment, right? Other people oh, yeah. Are, okay. I'm an over complimenter. <laughs> yeah. A lot of passive people are. Yeah. But then not everybody is. So that's one of the questions. Do you have the confidence to ask for what is rightfully yours? Mm, sometimes. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. Okay. So that's something that we want to think about is confidence to ask for what is rightfully yours. Number five, can you accept criticism without being offended? Yeah, I get a little emotional when people criticize me, but I definitely can accept it. It's just an emotional response. Yeah, I, I want to share just something real briefly. When, you, um, when you're in school, you get lots of feedback. You constantly, you're getting criticized in a sense. Somebody's saying, you did that wrong, here's the right answer, right? When you get out in the workforce, people don't do that as much. Like, I tell my writing students, I might be the last person who ever copy edits your papers as, as intensely as I do, right? Because people in the workforce aren't looking to make you better. They're looking to get their job done. Mm-hmm. And that's a teacher's job is to help you get better. So getting criticism in the workplace is actually really valuable because it can be really rare. Yeah. Let's throw that out for you there. You can process that. Okay. I didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I love getting feedback from colleagues, even if it's negative, because it's so rare for me to get any feedback from anybody. Okay, six, do you feel comfortable accepting compliments? 
Mm. Uh, maybe not so much. I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Yes, it does. It makes a lot of us. And in America, we have this culture of you can't brag, right? You can't seem arrogant. Mm-hmm. Quick story. I was a senior in high school and, and I was a lead in the play. And after the opening night, the theater teacher saw me in the hall and started to compliment me. And I just completely dismissed it. Like, I was like, no, it was everybody else. You know, I didn't do that good. And she pushed me against the wall. This is back when they could do that. <laughs> said, said, you need to learn to accept a compliment. And she was very serious about it. I mean, she knew me pretty well. And she knew I needed to hear that. She goes, you don't understand. You don't make me feel good about the compliment I gave you when you don't accept the compliment. You just need to say thank you. I go, oh. And I, I really, really liked her. And I had to listen to her. It changed me. It changed me. I learned how to say thank you to compliments and accept them. So. Yeah, that, that makes sense. As a complimenter myself, I enjoy when other people, you know, express gratitude for that and accept my compliments because they are thought out. They're usually very deserved compliments. Yes, exactly. And people want to know that you recognize that and that you acknowledge it. All right. So work on that. <laughs> All right. Seven. Are you able to stand up for your rights? I would say so if it's deserved or if I think it's deserved. Okay. All right. So you have a right to do this and a right to do that. And you're like, I'm going to speak up. Eight. Are you able to refuse unreasonable requests from friends, family, co-students or superiors? Uh, I would, I would say so. Uh, if it's something that I don't think I can do, or I don't think is in my job description as a friend or a employee, um, I think I could say no. Okay. So there's not a lot of stories where a friend asked you to do this. You didn't really want to do it, but you didn't know how to say no. So you ended up doing it. Yeah. I'm an overachiever when it comes to my roles in life. So I think that there's usually not much that people ask me that's above and beyond what I already do. Okay. Okay. Nine. Can you comfortably start and carry on a conversation with others? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I've gotten much better at that over the years. When I was younger, I was awful at starting conversation. Oh, me too. And I worked at it. I mean, I've literally concentrated on it. Oh, me too. I'm still pretty introverted in a crowd. So I'll, you know, we just, uh, this, this happened recently. I just kind of hung back and everybody was talking and I realized I got to say something at some point I got to get in the conversation. (laughs) I have to work at it. All right. Number 10, last one. Do you ask for assistance when you need it? Uh, Yeah, I think I do for the most part. Good, good, good. All right. So you're doing real well here. This, by the way, I think this, I've taught it for many years. I think I got it from the North House book. So I want to give credit to where I got this. Okay. So I'm going to go over what we call the rules of assertion. And these are ways that if you concentrate on these five to 10 things, you can often get better at communicating. So the first one is respect myself, who I am and what I do. Uh, I think you've used the word confidence, uh, I, it's the opposite of insecurity, right? It's like, I'm, I'm an accomplished actual person on this planet. Uh, number two is recognize my own needs as an individual. So what I mean by that is you are actually a different person than the roles you play. So you're a daughter, maybe a girlfriend, a sister, someday you'll be a mother. And you feel like there's expectations placed upon you in those roles. But if you don't want to do some of that stuff, it's okay, right? It's okay to say, I'm expected to do this, 
But I, as Michelle, don't want to do that. I'm different from the role that I play. And so recognize your own needs as an individual is one of those assertiveness. Uh, I'm going to also mention make clear I statements instead of you statements when you have these tough conversations with people. Right. So do you do that normally? Do you think about that as you're talking? Yeah, um, that's actually a tip I use in my relationship a lot. I always do I statements because it makes them feel less like I'm being demanding and I'm expressing myself in a very, you know, neutral and assertive way. Right, right. Exactly. I statements are better than you statements. Mm -hmm. Um, And then last couple. One, allow yourself to make mistakes. Right. So again, some of us really beat ourselves up. We, we have a really hard time with that. And that makes the conversations we want to have much, much more difficult because we see that we made a mistake. But it's oh, okay. I'm so guilty of that. That's, uh, <laughs> that describes me to a T. I overthink about my mistakes like crazy. Yeah, we got to work on that. We got to allow <laughs> ourselves to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Don't let them haunt you. Don't sit in bed at night thinking about them. Got to get them out of our heads and move on, right? It's just human. And then last, I'm just going to mention this. It's okay to change your mind. So again, a lot of people find conversations difficult once they've changed their mind. They're like, I already said I would do A, but I don't want to do A now. So how do I talk to that person, explain, I, I now I don't want to do A. But that's okay. It's okay to change your mind. I, I definitely do that too. I feel that once I've committed to something, I'm like, oh, I can't change my mind. I already said I would. Well, I hope you realize you can. You can change your mind. Well, yeah. how, do you re- how do you feel about these? Are these useful tips for you? Oh, absolutely. A lot of this stuff is stuff I try to do now, but some of it's stuff I didn't think about before, things that I didn't think were negatives and things that are harming me, but I see that they are. You know, it's very difficult to have these high-stakes emotional conversations. You will work on it the rest of your life. Uh, workplace is a little different than, say, significant other or family. One of the differences is that in its family or significant other, you know you're going to see them again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously family, hopefully significant others. You can have <laughs> tough conversations and see them again. So you can work on the conversation that the two people are repeatedly going to have, right? You can, you can do what we call a postmortem. You can go a couple of days later and say, let's revisit that tough conversation we had because I need to share some further thoughts about it. You, you said this and I reacted this way. And I just want you to know that. So that if we do this again, you know that I'm going to react this way if you say that again. Or whatever it might be. It, it could be all kinds of stuff. My wife and I have done this for a long, long time, and it's made our conversation so much better. Because I understand how she communicates and what she doesn't like when I communicate a certain way. Now, yeah, that makes sense. It may not happen in the workplace quite as easily because you may not be having repeated conversations with the same people over and over. Um, but, but you can do those kind of things. And that's, that's, that's my, probably my biggest piece of advice is that helps everybody get better at that conversation. Yeah, learning how other people communicate and how they express themselves. That's how you find common ground. Exactly, exactly. And in the heat of the moment, you, know, you could say something that you later like say, God, I, w- I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> I could have I not said that. And you can express that the next day to the person and get them to understand, I I do think I said that and that was a mistake. But I was trying to communicate this other thought. And so it's okay to go back and have 
I, we, uh, what's the word? Diagnose the conversation <laughs> that happened before. Yeah, along that line, I think that with difficult conversations, for me, it helps to take a moment to yourself and really reflect on what you want and, and how you want to communicate it. Because I know a lot of people are very instinctual with how they react to something, especially something negative, And then, you know, you say something you regret. Um, so I like to take a moment just to really think and realize, you know, hey, this is what I want. And even in a professional setting, you can say, all right, let me get back to you. I, I heard your question, but let me get back to you on that. Perfect. Right, right. I said this in another podcast recently. You can always say, uh, when do you need an answer by? Mm -hmm. and, and that gives you time to walk away and process. Think of the way you want to communicate back. Exactly. Oh, good. Well, you sound much more mature than a 21-year-old, Michelle. I think you've come <laughs> Actually, a long way. I've been told that many times. I'm ah. too mature for my age. Well, good. Well, we're going to try to help all the other people out there listening to the show, too. <laughs> Any last piece of advice about these things? Um, I don't think so. I just think it all, assertiveness all boils down to, you know, having the confidence and communicating respectfully, you know, yeah. knowing what you want to say. I agree. I agree 100%. Thanks for coming on the show today, Michelle. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 